0: The Crossing Gate Podcast now has its very own Facebook group, The Crossing Gate Podcast Room. Please join us. Give feedback to the shows. Post your ideas for future topics. Ask questions of the podcast crew. Find links to the items mentioned in the podcast. Show us your workbench projects. Share with us your modeling and tips. That's The Crossing Gate Podcast Room on Facebook. I better go make some changes to my page.
1: We have way too much fun, which is you know, fine big deal. That's what he wanted to do, and it's his railroad, and yada yada yada. Great,
2: yeah, you're, you're kind of off in, uh, in some weird worlds. There, uh, I think yeah. I'm glad I don't have the video up.
3: I don't want Yeah, We were video. thinking the same
2: thing about it. Yeah, yeah. we,
1: we're glad <laughs> we don't have your video, <laughs> exactly.
2: <laughs> Well, he wanted to know a name. He's like, I'm desperate. I said, Well, if you're desperate, I know
0: a guy. Oh, yeah. (laughs) You're listening to The Crossing Gate, the official podcast of the Twin Cities Division of the National Model Railroad Association. The topics and discussions are about the world's greatest hobby, model railroading. Here are your hosts, Thomas Gazer and Ken Zeska. this episode of the crossing gate podcast is sponsored by the waterfall in the middle of nowhere need a scenic highlight to add to your layout want a water element but don't have room for a lake then you need the waterfall in the middle of nowhere yes the waterfall would be a great attention grabber on your plywood pacific just add a hill over there or there or actually anywhere it won't matter use foam use plaster use actual cement there just needs to be a hill now you can add that waterfall you can make it small and flowing into a tropical lagoon on your nebraska layout it can be mid-sized and flowing over rocks and dead tree branches for your oklahoma layout heck Why not make it Niagara falls size and really make an impression? You could have a man going over the falls in a barrel. What could go wrong? So turn your basic scenery from boring corn and wheat fields and dirty city scenes into a tropical paradise only seen in Hawaii. Yes, only Hawaii. Make sure the waterfall is your first attempt at any water element in your entire modeling lifetime. No need to practice or test pour any of the sticky, slow-drying epoxies or resins. Just carve that hill and pour. So when you need something to catch the eye of your visitors and operators, when you want to give them something to talk about when they get home, if you want to have your photos of your layout posted online in every social media application, then create the waterfall in the middle of nowhere. What could go wrong.
2: Welcome everybody to another episode of the Crossing Gate podcast. Tonight I'm joined by Larry Eggerine. Hello there. David Hamilton. Hello. Ken Zeska. Good evening. And I'm your host Thomas Gauger and we're going to talk about animation and I'm going to have Ken Zeska explain our topic a little bit. Ken.
1: Thanks Tom. You know we have been talking about all sorts of different things that add to the enjoyment of model railroading. And we've gotten into all sorts of things that you put on your trains or in your engines, signals, how to throw switches. And one thing that started to percolate around that I found very interesting is all the, now I'll call it animation, that we can put around our trains, on our layouts. And I hesitate to call it animation because I, I don't want you to think we're talking about cartoons. But we are talking about adding another dimension of action activity to the layout that just enhances the fun we can have. And Larry, I know you've been working on some really interesting projects and I've seen some of them, heard some of them on Tom's layout.
3: Can you uh, fill us in on what you're up to? Yeah, about five years ago, I found some simple MP3 players. And for those of you who don't know what an MP3 is, it's an audio file format that was developed for PCs and iPads and iMacs and all of the various entertainment devices we've had since the digital age. Anyway, this is a little single board unit. You literally apply 5 volts to it and plug in a micro SD card or a regular USB thumb drive into it, and it will play any MP3 files in order on that chip. What I did is I released a whole bunch of audio files that I took recordings. I did some that were, uh, for instance, a grade crossing. I went down literally and recorded a train crossing a grade crossing, and you could hear the wheels squeal and the brakes come on and all that, and did a very high-quality recording of that. I did one of the bell at the grade crossing, doing that. Another one I did is I simply went down to the ocean and sat there and did a high-quality recording of the water lapping up on the beach. So you could hear the waves break and the the wind blow and all that. I took some that were streams and um, birds and things like that, and I mixed them together to create different sounds. So it can take one of these little audio, it's a built-in audio amplifier, two watts. You literally plug the chip in, apply power to it via a cell phone charger, and it will start playing. And it'll keep playing over and over and over again. You can adjust the volume on it quite simply. It's it's a great device, and it adds the subtlety in the layout of not just animation, but I think automation. It's that background sound that makes the difference. So that's it. That's one of the things.
4: What kind of power supplies were you using?
3: Uh, just simple cell phone power supplies. It literally is any cell phone 5-volt power supply. It's a micro USB cable input into it. I have, in Tom's case, we I think we're actually using track power. The one I did for Tom, I made a little adapter circuit to provide the 5 volts to it off of his track power because he didn't have an accessory bus.
1: Larry, this amazing little thing that you call simple, is there a, a picture
3: of it someplace that you could share with us? Yeah, you, they're available on Amazon. And uh, the last time I looked, I want to say they were six dollars. And you can use any speaker. If you're short on room, you could use an iPhone speaker for it, believe it or not. But if you want a little higher quality and you have some room, then you got an old stereo that uh, say that doesn't work right anymore. But the little cheap speakers that were on it are good. You can use them. You can get out on DigiKey or Mauser or any place and find a a good one watt speaker in an enclosure and use that.
1: Great. The reason I ask that is we have a lot of people that are listening to our podcast that are now chatting with us on our uh, uh our Zoom room, and so if if we can get a picture of what one of those little assemblies look like, I'd like to put it out there because I'll be honest with you when you talk about this thing, I'm I'm imagining a big Harman Kardon console stereo system that you're trying to Lay underneath it's, my layout. It's
3: literally two inches by two inches. That's how small <laughs> okay. it is. that's great. You know, Tom's been uh,
1: doing some sounds on his layouts. Did you happen to get any uh, recordings
3: of the hurricane that went through Florida <laughs> that we could we could put in the North Woods? Not, not this one. But I actually have recorded the uh, the winds howling through the pine trees by my house in the past. So yes, I have recorded
1: those. Oh, that's great. That's interesting. And Tom, you've got a couple of those sounds going. Uh, The one that I particularly like is out in the woods. Tell us about those little sound boards that you've got in your layout.
2: Yeah, that was real interesting. I thought on the, the scenic backside of my peninsula, I have a location called Loon Lake, and I actually modeled loons. I thought, well, if I could have the sounds of the North Woods, there's no industries, there's nothing back there, but just the birch and pine forests and trains. And so I went to Larry and I said, hey, I'm looking for a small device that I can run through some speakers and just hear these loons. And of course, Larry added, you know, crickets and other things buzzing and mosquitoes, if you listen close enough. And the genius was, like he said, he made it just a little track power. So when I power on my layout, I instantly hear the loons call. It's kind of no one hears it until I tell them to because Larry made it so I can do the volume and, I, and the speakers under there, you know, I just bought $5 speakers at any box store. And well, that was, Yeah,
3: that's the other thing. Yeah. You, it, it actually produces it in stereo. Correct. If you use a powered set of speakers, it has a mono output, but you could actually, if you use some very relatively simple audio software called Audacity, You could have two different tracks. You could have one playing something in the left speaker and something else in the right speaker. For an accurate measurement, just we'll have to go metric, but it's 45 millimeters by 36 millimeters. So So for the
2: what, the circuit board? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, it's really tiny. And it's basically
3: two inches by an inch and a half, roughly.
2: So if you had stereo then and some distance, I suppose I could have... Like, you could have birds calling to each other.
3: Oh, yeah. And
2: <laughs> and you what,
3: what I have done with one sound set, using Audacity again, is I took the left channel and delayed it to the right channel. So it sounds like it's echoing off of a wall or a hill in the distance. I reduced the level and put a delay on it. So it sounds like it's echoing Nine. off.
2: How long know? of a loop can you do? Is that limited? Well, it's
3: there is a limit, but when you consider, let's say, a small USB thumb drive, one gigabit would probably do two hundred minutes. Yeah,
2: that's a know. good operation. Yeah, when you put a thirty-two
3: from... gig out there, yeah. I mean, how long is that yeah. going to be? I mean, I could. There's variables to that in the quality. Of, it's not quite as simple as it's this amount of time. Right. If you reduce the quality a little bit, then you can do longer i oh, yeah. got it.
2: But I'm th- if somebody had a layout go from day to night, you could eliminate some sounds and then you add the night sounds of owls. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you don't know, think that that would really be kind of cool. Some some difference. Well, if you the, yeah. if
3: you know what your ratio is and the start to finish, then you could turn it on at the start and then 10 hours down, you know, whatever your fast cock is, you could have it Go into the sounds of owls and things like that. The night sounds, the frogs, things like that. So yeah, it could be done. <laughs> These are
2: More available mosquitoes. commercially. Yeah, go ahead. More
1: mosquitoes. More One mosquitoes. of the things <laughs> I yeah I, I want to <laughs> loop back for listeners. If if you go to the to Tom's YouTube channel, uh, Split Rock Mining, he's got some beautiful videos that show that backside of the layout. And so I want to paint a little picture. You operate on the front of the layout where all the yards are. But Tom has what he calls a Nolux because it isn't hidden where the train climbs up to the second level. And if you walk around the back to watch your train, because it's fun to watch your train, you're away from the noise and the hubbub of the yards and the, uh, and the boat and the mines. And you do see Loon Lake and you can hear the loon softly calling. It's, it's not, jarring and you don't hear it when you're over in the uh, industrial part of the layout, but it really adds a a neat little flavor to that scene. I just didn't want to undersell what Tom was saying because it really is neat. Take a look at those videos. So Tom, you were going to make another point.
2: Yeah, it was so small and so easy. And I was going to ask Larry, you can get these commercially. I mean, there's somebody out there. I don't want no, no, you know, hashtag not sponsored. Like the other guys say, if you don't have someone with your skills Larry, can you can people pick up these sound mp3s of like uh, Yeah, there are commercial
3: mp3s uh, uh, out there. There's also sound modules out there. Okay. But they're okay. typically around 40 bucks.
2: Wow. I okay. just
3: I literally just priced these on Amazon and they are 2 for $8 and I'm sorry, $8.39. So $4.20 per mp3 player.
2: Okay. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Very, and great.
3: everybody's got 10 cell phones, chargers laying around the house that they don't know <laughs> what to do with. And literally, those 10-year-old cell phone that only put out a one-amp charger will run this thing all day long.
2: Are you, you talking know? like a USB plug-in? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's what you mean and by charging. The old so cell phone the wall plug, plug the USB, yeah. Okay.
3: It's great. USB. It's micro USB is the input on the side, or it can be hardwired to two pins. So it can go either way.
1: right? Well, let's walk away from sound for a little bit. And I, I'd like to get into lighting. And here, Dave, I'd like to talk to you about that. You showed us when you were put on your presentation about getting your uh, scenery certificate for MMR, some of the great lighting things that you did. And I can attest to how much they add to the scene. Can you give us a little background on what you did and how you did it?
4: Sure. It started out obviously because i was working on the scenery certificate and i figured i had to, you know raise the bar a little bit and make sure i had enough stuff to you know clinch the certificate let's say so i already had this set of walther's street traffic signals that i purchased years ago and i had them hooked up but then i for some reason i wasn't using them so i got those working at an intersection in this one small town that's in the part of the scenery that i reworked once i got that working i decided well i really need some street lights here started looking at the just plug street lights that woodland scenics offers and i added street lights to the street that goes through the town it's supposed to be east dubuque illinois and it's just a little short block of east dubuque and about that time i became interested in this product called RooMets. It's not Cremets, so it's not cereal, but it's RooMets, which is offered by a Canadian company. And they use the Just Plug Woodland Scenics LEDs to illuminate these interiors that they print out that have been designed to fit in specific Woodland Scenics buildings. And naturally, me being who I am, I decided, well, I can use these interiors in any buildings. I don't have to use them, you know, the way the manufacturer suggested. So I started looking at what was available. And they had a lot of nice interior shots, you know, fire station, gas stations, department stores, a bookstore, um, individual rooms you know, that could be in apartment houses or in office buildings. So I figured, well, you know what, I'm not going to stuff every one of these buildings full of lights because it's pretty normal to see occasional, or I should say random rooms, but it's hard to say some of this quickly, random rooms in a building light up. Not everybody turns on 100% of the lights in their house. So I started building all these little roomette shadow boxes, if you will. And then randomly placing them inside of the buildings that line the streets in East Dubuque, it worked. You know, so I when I turned these on, and once again, I'm, it's all based on the Woodland Scenics just plug power supply, power hub, um, light distribution board. It worked out real nice to light up individual rooms, light up a storefront, light up the uh, the main part of a fire station where the trucks are parked. And then I sort of got carried away and I I looked at more woodland scenic stuff and I, I noticed they had some pretty cool billboards that you could light up. I started, I bought a few of their vehicles that have lights in them, headlights and taillights. I just kind of went out of control and started adding them to quite a few of the buildings in this part of the railroad that I was like reworking. And I also used just a few LEDs. A few years ago, we bought some Christmas tree lights that were like a closeout from Michael's or someplace. And I noticed that if, you know, if you bust up the Christmas tree light, there's an LED hidden inside of it. So for two or three or four or five bucks, I got about a hundred LEDs. I added those to a couple of the buildings just to have something different to do. But once again, basing it on the Whittle Scenics system in the sense that, you know, I took those LEDs and I took the plugs that Woodland Scenics uses, you know, in order to attach the LED to their hub. And I just soldered them together using shrink wrap and proper electrical procedures and resistors were needed.
2: So and you I, could you could use the Christmas tree LEDs on the just plug system?
4: Oh yeah. I did a bunch of times because they're, you know, they, they're super low voltage lights. You put a resistor. You no, different okay. value resistors between the LED one side of the LED and the Woodland the Scenics just plug, plug and socket wire piece. I think every single one of them that I installed, you know, I either lengthened them or modified them somehow because, you know, just to make them all fit the areas I was working in. And it works. The, with the Woodland Scenics products, you can vary the brilliance of the LEDs. You know, they have a little light control hub that you, it has a little potentiometer on it. You can turn it that you can make the lights less bright, which is nice for the automobile headlights, for instance. I bought an N-scale Woodland Scenics water tower for some forced perspective, you know, and I put that on top of the um, the bluffs in East Dubuque.
2: Well, let's let's not list all of them. I want to I want to go back oh, to these sure. light ups. This, yeah, I thought that was a different product where, you know, you have a photo of the interior, the fire department, the hobby store, right? But, so they're not a different lighting system. They're just made to work with the woodland scenics. Just plug.
4: Yeah, when you buy a when you buy anything from Rumets, and I think roomettes
2: the, that's what it was.
4: Yeah, and it's electric wallpaper. I think is the full name of his company, but I'm not. I, <laughs> You know, I'm not sure, but at at any rate, prints a real nice interior on a piece of heavier stock, and it has folding patterns, you know, so you can shape it properly to, you know, to make a shadow box, basically, and there's a little hole in the top that you punch, and he provides, if it's a kit with five rooms, and you get five LEDs to go, you know, one LED for each room, and they're all based on the Whittle and Scenics Just Plug LED Lights that you can also buy in separate packages. Okay. So, so, so I ended up with a combination of things because I'm, I have the roomettes. I have some buildings that just have, you know, former Christmas tree LEDs that I use for interior lights. I've also used those same LEDs in locomotives for headlights. Right. You know, so they're, so, you know, so
2: this roomettes is a guy, yeah, a company that took advantage.
4: Yes. Exactly. It's
2: an add on.
4: Yep. Exactly. So oh, he's
2: okay. I did not know that. I thought maybe they had their own well, light, you know, because I know there's
4: the Woodland Scenics offers a number of their buildings and, now that are illuminated, and I've got a couple of those too. But the the Ruumette product is neat because instead of just having a light inside of a building, you have a shadow box effect. These things are printed with whatever cabinets, furniture simulated brick walls i've got in my brewery my hilum brewery building in another part of the railroad rumettes actually has one package of interiors for a brewery so it has malting tanks or processing tanks whatever you call them
2: and you can see that it was from the outside
4: oh yeah yeah okay. exactly because right. and again it so it's it's more than just a light You know, when you put it inside the building, you don't have to use those interiors on the buildings that they're designed for. An interior is an interior, as far as I'm concerned. So you can put any interior in any building, and it works. You know, sometimes they might fit a little nicer if you use them. Yeah, go ahead, Larry.
3: Also, the printing on them gives them a 3D effect when you look through the windows. Oh, really? It it appears to have depth. it's it's So it's pretty sharp.
2: Okay. Oh, yeah, it's, the fellow it's, who it's,
3: developed him used to do the um, Train Masters TV for Joe Fugate. Yep.
2: Oh, and oh, yeah, Bear, that was Barry. Sorry, yes, Barry Silverthorne. Yep. Yeah. Okay.
3: Yeah, exactly. So,
1: so this to me this is kind of neat because I, I think of street lights, and now that's got an animation because they're changing from red to yellow to green, and 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 again, having been in your layout, that's it's fascinating to watch that. Then building lights. And lights along the side of the street. So you're lighting up for animation. You're also lighting up to highlight the details of your scenery, like you're talking about the inside of the billboard. You have lights on vehicles. But Larry, going back to the way you were talking about timing sounds, can you do the same sort of timing? And I don't know, Dave, if you would know this, but maybe you two together would. Could you combine that some way? In with your lighting system so that lights could go on on one part of the building and then off in another, you know, just some other little things that, because it's at those small little subtle changes that catch people's eyes and, sure. and make them take another look at, at what's happening in your scene.
3: Yeah, the Woodward. Just Plug It system offers that at well, a they low do. level. There's a fellow who's on the uh, model railroad hobbyist forums named Jeff Bunza. He's a brilliant man and a good friend. He developed a whole bunch of Arduino animations for buildings, such as here's one, and it was a tough one to build, being honest, but he had a working television in yeah. a TV repair window on a small ULED display. And it was, it's not for the faint of heart. You have to kind of, be willing to do it. But I actually took his circuit and took a snippet from my friend and customer wanted the first Bonanza TV show. Wouldn't you know that that was on YouTube? And I was able to download the video file and convert it over. And I have 15 seconds of the first Bonanza TV show that comes on the TV periodically inside of an O-scale building.
2: And that's makes that's placing like... your layout right at a specific day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's So there good. is that, okay?
3: Another thing I did was sound and, and literal animation. I have another friend named Chris Rooney, who's an S-scale modeler, so you'll appreciate that, Ken.
1: I know Chris.
3: Uh, Chris had a animated water plug. He had a water plug, and he wanted it so if he threw a switch, it would go to the left around to fill to fill a tender. If he brought it back, it would come back to the center. If he pushed it down, it would come back to the other track. I did that again with Arduino. There you go, Tom. Uh, (laughs) And uh, I did that animation. And then he said, you know what would be great? He said, it's kind of, you can do it with a Tsunami 2 decoder. It has the water stop that you can key. He said, it'd be great if you could do that automatically. So I went out and found video. Of a guy uh it was actually an a and tool Tech filling the tender with water so I took all of those sounds and it was probably five minutes all total I cut it all down so it fits into a short animation when you hit the button before the thing even starts to come around you can hear the squeak of the their water plug coming around and the doors opening and then the water going in and then when you cancel and then bring it back. You hear the doors close and come back around. Well, there's something similar to that. In, uh BLI has a big water tower with a servo-driven arm and some pretty poor recordings that comes down, but it gives you that kind of same thing. So it's not just sound, but there's movement and light. You could literally put quite simply a, um, a light on top of Thing next to it so that the guy could flip the light on, you know, make it pretend that the the conductor flipped the light on so he could see to refill on those night scenes and have that all part of that animation too.
1: Wow. This boggles the mind. And I, I think for people that are becoming intimidated, because I know when I listen to some of these podcasts, I become intimidated. The fun part here is we're talking about possibilities and Kind of To me, taking the mystery away of the possibilities, I think we all have to remember that these are just opportunities for us, not nearly required. It's just when you start getting bored, you can say, gee, here's another crazy little aspect of the hobby I can go chasing after. So that's good. Larry, what else you got there for us? Let's
3: get it back to simple. Okay. Okay. Oh, you, you know me real well.
2: Yeah, I like simple. That's just I, like, sure. I like
3: simple, too. For instance, <laughs> say 20 years ago, you would buy a little electronic board that would have a light blink on a water tower, right? Yeah. Everybody yeah. bought them for 20 bucks, and we have blinking water tower lights, right? Now, for 50 cents, you can get an LED that blinks. You can literally just put a resistor on it, hook 12 volts to it, and it's going to blink. And they're a dollar. And you can put those all around your layout. And there's a myriad of companies that make circuits with like for radio towers, you know, with the LEDs that scale up the way radio towers do. But let's keep Mm -hmm. it simple. A blinking light will catch someone's eye because it's a movement.
2: Yeah. I use one of those on, you guys keep bringing up ideas. I didn't think I had this much on my lip, but I use one of those for my scale, my in motion scale. And I bought the LEDs. I, I modeled it after the one at work and they're back to back, top to bottom, two LEDs. You click one to unlock the scale and you get a solid yellow. And then when you start weighing the light below, it just starts blinking. And I wasn't smart enough to program, you know, an MP3 or chip. So I just went to the auction site and bought a blinking yellow LED. It runs off track power, 9-volt battery. So, yeah, I totally forgot about that. You can just buy one that blinks in the sequence you want.
3: I have a friend, and we did this probably 10 years ago. He had a construction site. And when you drive by a construction site, you see barrels with the blinking lights on the top, right? He found some 1.2-millimeter LEDs that blink. Now, that's teeny. 1.2 millimeters is small. So even in HO, you can drill a hole in the top of the barrel and stick part of that thing through, and it looks like one of those construction barrels. Or you can now get a three D printed real construction barrel and put that in. Two wires, simple. Anybody can do it, and it's gonna work. We call know? those the that's so, the state
2: flower in Minnesota. Those construction. Yeah.
4: <laughs> <laughs> yeah I- I have a hobo <laughs> campfire on, oh, on part go. of the railroad that I bought it you, you know again I it's something I bought years ago at a, one of the flea markets and I finally found a spot for it and hooked it up as part of the scenery rejuvenation thing and it I forget that it's there sometimes. And all of a sudden I'll be walking by like during an op session. And I, I notice it cause I have it kind of set back into the, you know, this like tucked away area and it just, yeah, because it's blinking. Like Larry says, it really draws your eye to it. And it's a real uneven flicker as opposed to you'd, what you'd see on a water tower as an aircraft warning light or anything. Yes. And it really adds, you know, it, it, this whole buying some more LEDs that blink that's given me some ideas. I might uh, have to do an eBay search here for some of that stuff. Some of the cool stuff is so. those
3: old boards that we all spent a bunch of money on. A simple yeah. Arduino uh, Pro Mini. Uh, let's make it. Let's make it a Nano. They're easier to program. Oba. For instance, my um, <laughs> I did. I did a fire circuit like that based off one that Jeff Bunza, who I mentioned earlier, did. But he had two LEDs on his, so it had a red and yellow like a real fire. Well, I added another LED randomly blinking to it, and so it looks like it's got coals in the bottom with a flame leaping up. And then, you know, when uh, you have wet, what we called wet wood growing up, it wasn't yet cured, it would shoot out the little sparks of white. Mm -hmm. So I put a micro LED a little bit away that intermittently comes on to make it look like it's shooting out sparks of white out of the fire. So it's a whole new effect. And we can take these ideas that were there years ago. And Jeff put all this, he put all of the code out. It was in Model Railroad Hobbyist. And I want to say it was 17, December of 17. I might be wrong. I'd have to look it up. But if you just look for Jeff Bunza on MRH's site, yeah, He's got a ton of animation out there, and and he has simple ones and more difficult ones, but he teach, he has courses on how to do all this stuff. The guys that are saying, oh, I could never do that, you can do it. You just got to sit down, invest a little time, follow the directions. Don't be afraid. What are you going to burn up, five bucks? Come on, you know, let the magic smoke out of something. You'll feel better.
2: <laughs> you know, sure. Smoke.
3: I've been in electronics since since the '60s, literally, 19, as in 1960s. Oh, uh, not you know? 1960s, but no, it was, it was it was the late '60s is when <laughs> I really started getting into stuff. But and I've let the magic smoke out of plenty of stuff, you mm-hmm. know. And in the end, as long as you don't burn the house down, and Mom said I came close a couple times, but you
2: know, <laughs> that's what it counts. So I got a question. electronics.
3: Yeah, I got a question
2: for David. You were talking about all the things you added. And my first question is, you said you had a fire station. So I want to make sure how many fire trucks you have. I hope there's over 50. But the the other thing that came to mind was you said you just kept going. Then you added cars and you added this and you added. When do you stop? Because when does it become a trope? When do you feel that it's, okay, I can't light up every billboard or light up because your railroad's in the daylight? Do you think there's a line to be crossed once you get hooked on this? Because, you know, with me, with my ADHD, I'd, everything would be blinking on this layout if I did that.
4: I think I've put enough in this one area. I added some more back in another corner of the railroad, you know, in this little new mini scene I created a year or so ago. I put some stuff on the my, the Lacrosse yard side of the railroad. I still have on mine Winona and Prairie Duchene that I have plans for. So I, I will never illuminate every building or signal every intersection, but I don't see any reason why there can't be, you know, just, just something to catch your eye, like in every corner of the railroad. You know, I don't know, I'm not going to have, you know, campfires flickering. It just kind of a, Time is right and I'm motivated correctly and I'm looking at a space and I think, you know, that building would look pretty good with some gooseneck lights or whatever you call those industrial lights that you put over doorways and stuff. Even though I don't do a nighttime operating session, it's amazing how these things stand out, you know, just during any operating session because I don't have the basement lit up like the surface of the sun or anything, but... You know, at least you can see these buildings and see the lights and the traffic signals flicking. So I think if eventually there's going to be some lighting in every part of the railroad. And I think if, if that works the way I think it's going to work, I might even start adding some grade crossing flashers. You know, I have one of those and I've never bothered hooking it up. You know, that's, I don't think I'd hook up the bells on them because that would probably drive me nuts. No bells, you know?
2: yeah. Yeah, no bells. <laughs> but
4: but in, in keeping with the sound locomotives, and you don't need the bell on right. all the time. But So I
2: guess but, maybe my question is, you know, you have a lot of towns on your layout. You know, I just have one. And I would think you'd want to use the lighting to bring people's attention to specific yep. part rather than every building. Otherwise, it all looks like, you know, you're building American graffiti or it's a trope Mm -hmm. at the train show where let me highlight this, which I scratch built. And then here's my Walters and design preservation fill-ins, you know, very little lighting, you know, kind of like how modelers would would put a spotlight, you know, maybe a, what do they call it? A track light over something, a scratch built depot or bridge. I do believe when it gets out of hand and I've seen them at train shows where people really like blinking neon signs, exactly but every town is in vegas so Mm -hmm. maybe i think that's some restraint with this less is more it's like weathering you'll get more attention having a couple in the foreground or something to draw your eye to then
4: well that's exactly why on the existing buildings that have lights i didn't attempt to light up every single room good or every building next to a building it's it's real woodland scenics makes a sequencing hub for part of their just plug system, which would randomly turn on lights. So, if I ever put more lights in a given space, I'd probably invest in one of those things or try the Arduino thing just so that they're not all on at the same time and have them come on, you know, randomly. I have a few more of those interior kits that I can use. They haven't been, you know, glued right. together yet, but right. I certainly have enough inventory and I can add. I could probably add another fifteen or eighteen lights over the the size of the railroad, but again, I'm fortunate because it's a large enough railroad that it's never going to overwhelm any given Town area or
2: something. Okay. Yeah,
4: okay. and even if I did the grade crossing thing, I can't. I've got a couple, like two or three places in mind where I'd put them. You know, there's you could easily turn it into a a toy train layout. Yeah. You know, it would, that's, which, that's what not it, that there's anything wrong with that. But
2: no, but that's what I don't want it to seem. So, Ken, maybe we should go to, like, movement. I know Larry brought up the stuff with the water tower. I always thought it'd be interesting to have the shoots on my ore dock, possibly move or something, you know, just for a video, maybe not during a session. But do you guys ever want movement on your layout, or do you see anything, an opportunity like that? Larry, what do you think?
3: A couple layouts I've done. If you think back to the 50s and 60s, which a lot of guys model, all the car dealers had a car uh, with a rotating thing on it. I found some 5 RPM motors that run off 5 volts on eBay, but they were like $5. Now, the difference is, 20 years ago, when we had one of those low RPM motors out there, they had a gear chain inside of them, and it sounded like somebody fired up the McCulloch chainsaw <laughs> Everything time something turned, you know? These things are as yeah. silent as a church mouse. And you just literally mount it under the layout, put a piece of tubing over it, and run it up, and you can have the car rotate. Or you can have the gas station top rotate equally as well. Signs on the gas station. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, you yeah, that, that. that would be cool. And, and, and they're for 4 or $5 dollars for those little motors. They weren't very much. And that's, that's one bit of movement that's going to catch people's eye.
2: Yeah, for a modern layout Dosa, we were talking about this is how do you you need something to go up and down to simulate those tall balloon guys that you see outside? Right. <laughs> yeah. I said, I said that'd be hilarious if you know some drinking straw going up and down in the sky, you know, if you model the late two thousands or something. Ken, any movement you want to add to the Minnesota? Well, actually,
1: uh as Larry was talking about that, I thought about we've seen garage doors and gates. Oh and, yeah. Uh, one of the things one of the things that I would like to add is a, a smash board. Uh, I've got one, a track that crosses a double track uh, to go back to a power plant. And there's a stop sign on it. Right now, it's just simply a stop sign. But I'd love to do a smash board because even into the, well into the 60s and 70s, uh, those existed all around the Twin Cities. Oh. And so that would be great.
3: When I first got started on this trip down servo and dcc control lane. a company called Team digital had a board out and if you go to teen digital one.com and go look at his videos he uses two servos to open the gates on a roundhouse to open the doors you know and he uses one of used one of his circuits and a couple of micro servos and the doors open oh, wow. off of the switch on your thing so i mean That's what kind of got me my mindset going on. And he had other things such as, you know, servos, you can adjust the amount of turn. I'm not sure what a smash board is. I think we're just talking about the same thing. It's a gate with a stop sign on it. Mm -hmm. You could automate that. You could put a servo in the ground and then just glue that thing to it and set the servo to go 90 degrees and have it open up. And that could come right off your throttle quite readily and easily with commercial products and not a lot of effort. And if you had a 3D printer or know somebody like me that has one, then they can the the files are literally out there. You don't even have to buy anything. It's less than 2 cents worth of plastic to print out three of those things. See that, so that's if you know a guy, you know. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but this is this is uh the fun part about the hobby is is there are people and we and people are sharing things more and more now that you couldn't you had to wait for it to come out in the back of a magazine and hope you caught it and now you can go watch it on youtube or or discuss it on facebook so that's great being an, an s scaler i finally remember back to the american flyer days where uh you didn't have a good night in the train room if you didn't come out with your glasses <laughs> covered with smoke fluid
3: yeah, oil
2: yeah, oh. yeah. So, so it's but, better today I it don't is, so I should...
3: well it's scented right I, I, no 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 i'm working on something well, you that i found hungry. on amazon it's not smoke but you know the little steam machines are not really steam but it's water vapor you, right. Right.
1: You know, yeah yeah it,
3: they sell just that little transducer on there with the board that controls it you hook 12 volts to it and that thing puts out water vapor so I had a larger, now I realize this is HO, but I had a larger smokestack on one of my buildings that had a hole all the way up through it. So I put it on top of a, a tub, put that thing inside, and left the little areas so I can just squeeze them. It just takes, I don't know, maybe a quarter of an ounce of water for an hour, and you put that in and you just apply 12 volts to it, and it looks like forever more smoke is coming out of that chimney.
1: It's just water vapor. It's nice because it dissipates right. like smoke. It doesn't hang around like the uh, the old smoke fluid did.
2: Can you right. can you color it,
3: Larry? Yeah, you can. It's water, right. so you could yeah. you could put um, food
2: coloring in it if right. you wanted to. So, because here's my thing that I've what I've always wanted is to simulate like the masabi coming from Proctor to Duluth when the split rock comes down the hill. I want a series of those misters along the main line that simulate brake shoe smoke. Oh, you know, and I would love to have that would be trigger cool. it and trigger one after another. You know, by the time the engines make, because I've done photos like that, but I would just love it. A session if you know only when the train goes by in a certain direction. I think you could triggers do that you could <laughs> this blue brake. You could shoe literally
3: smoke. put a sensor in the track,
2: <laughs> yeah, that yeah. turned on a
3: circuit that would turn on that mister now what yeah. i would recommend is you don't really want that water vapor going on a track
2: well we'll figure it. it out after the podcast i just yeah. didn't i just want to know, if you it's know but you,
3: i Sorry. don't know
2: that you can make it
3: that dark but i i
2: would think you could you, you know, just have to notice it it's transparent but yeah. I, th- I always thought that'd be funny so other things like i keep bringing it up like i have this thing from engineering a welder on yep. a nine-volt battery with an on-off switch I turn on during sessions. And I know you can buy like, like an acetylene. Well, I have a gas welder for the air. You can buy arc welders. There's so many other things out there. And then I also bought from Boulder Creek Engineering the defect detector. Yeah. Which is, super, you know, cool factor. cool. It's infrared and you program what words you want. You can even buy words. It comes with hundreds of words and numbers, but you could... You could have it set up for your railroad, which I did. I, you know, I paid extra for Split Rock Mining. You know, just adding these little things. I, I forgot. You know, I've forgotten. I've even added them. They've just become ubiquitous mm-hmm. to my layout. So, I think the things I'm looking for in the future are like a really nice neon sign and some, and some chase lights. And Larry and I have had discussions on this. That I don't like the commercial ones. So we're going to talk about programming the the A word there. And things mm-hmm. like that. So, so but Tom, you not Tom, thirsty
3: anymore? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah
2: not to thirsty. Tom, how about
1: how about brake squeal? Shouldn't you have brake squeal coming down your hills?
2: Well, no, I've got, okay, back to the sound. I talked to Larry. Now you remind me another one. I've got that soundtrack sound car. And, yeah, but
1: that's in the yard. I'm talking about coming yeah. down the hill.
2: Well, I don't want to put sound. No, no, that's annoying. That's why I don't have sound in the cars.
3: Okay. I well, just, it, could uh, it, it, it could be done. It could be done.
2: It be, it be track,
3: but it could trigger an Arduino to play it or an right. even turn on that little MP3 player we talked about at the yeah. front end with the brakes. Yeah, you know? they'd, have, mean,
2: they'd have the dinos going. And I got the soundtracks, you know, hit the dinos as you're yeah. coming downhill. Just mm-hmm. the last last 2%, whatever, grade into the Agate Bay Harbor. I gotta... mean, it
3: could be done, though. Weasel. The thing is, you're, the, the difference now is there's so much electronics out there. You're almost limited by your imagination, right. not the availability to right. be able to do something,
2: right? And you don't you know, have to put it's, the, it's a yeah, like you said. I don't think you have to put the train sounds on the trains because that's what we're talking about. Is right. just have the train activate, yes. right. And like Dave, I think Dave would be kind of cool going through Wisconsin countryside through these farms that you only hear the sound the train would activate a speaker. Yeah, at the farmer, this as it goes by, so it's not going the whole session, right? But as you an operator walks by, you're, you'll hear the ambient sounds of that area.
3: So sure. what I did, what I did for one fellow was there's, there's a thing called a PIR. Okay, it's a passive inner in uh, infrared sensor, and it looks like a little radar dome, but it's only about an inch big. But as you get close to it, it'll activate that sensor. This fellow says, I don't want the sound running over there all the time, only if somebody's there. So I put that PIR in. If a human being walks into that area, the sound and the lights come on. If he walks out, it goes out. So if you're down there working alone on your layout, which oftentimes many of us are, you're doing something to the layout and you want the layout powered up, but you don't want to hear it, there's a way to activate it simply that way. You could do it equally as well with a toggle switch, but come on, how cool is it when somebody <laughs> walks in, everything comes. You know? <laughs> yep. Exactly. They still make toggle switches. Oh yeah. Yeah, I just bought about a hundred. Yep.
1: Okay. So I think I think we're wrapping this up. And Larry, do you have a, a wrap-up
3: piece for us? Yeah. My piece is don't be afraid to try. Uh, for instance, guys that don't like wiring street lights. look at the Dwarven light series. He's got a big big bright light and you run fiber optic things to it and you yep. just plug them in. you know there's no there's literally only two wires to light all the lights on your layout. So don't be afraid. and the big thing is, if there's some guy in your club or in your neighborhood who knows how to do this stuff, Pick his ear. Odds are he studied a long time to learn it, and he is not unwilling Perfect. to share.
1: And you heard him say ear, folks, not nose. Okay. How about Dave? Any,
4: uh, any thoughts? Yeah, I just was thinking about the fact that there's actually a radio shack in New Prague, Minnesota. Wow. That drove by a few weeks ago. So wow. when, you, when you asked for toggle switches, Ken, I'm sure that you could, you know, head down there to New Prague. I'm sure it was New Prague, you know, because it was. I know that's where it was and there was, was it next a next to the Radio Blockbuster?
2: Was that what it was? It next to the Blockbuster and the Ground Round too? I, I
4: think the Ground the <laughs> Blockbuster closed but the uh but it said Radio next Shack just is they're, and they're independently owned so that you know yeah. so they still exist. Yeah. So but you can and,
3: still buy from Radio Shack online. Online.
4: Yeah, but this yeah. was a, an actual store that was there were we could <laughs> it had a, a roomette's interior. We could see people inside the of and shelves and, and the whole thing. <laughs> yeah. so. That'd be
1: awesome. So Tom, so. before I turn it back over to you, I, I just a couple things that I really are notes that I came away with. When you talk about lights, blinking lights and uh well just lights in general, they the blinking lights particularly become a form of movement. And when you have sounds that fade in and out like your loons the other things larry was talking about that influences your mind also to see movement and one of the things we talk about the that sets model railroading apart from a lot of other modeling forms is the fact that we add movement your your trains are running your cars are rolling and you're doing something with them and now you're adding movement on top of that outside uh, Dave, though, the, the one piece that it occurs to me that you need in your downtown Wisconsin town is uh, an Oompa band uh, playing okay. polkas out of that bar.
2: They're at so, the gazebo.
1: At the gazebo, yeah.
4: yeah. Well, so, you know, it's we could get a... a- an actual animated cheese head hat <laughs> <laughs> that, that somebody could, could kind of lift off when, when a car yeah. goes by or whatever. Yeah. So yeah, tuba
2: player done. <laughs> oh yeah. That, that's,
4: you know, that's where, where does it end? Like it's, Tom yeah. said before, when do you overdo it? Where does it end?
3: So when do we get smell vision and yeah, have a no, plant, have you know?
2: <laughs> so yeah, I'll think I'll wrap it up by saying what ken and everyone else says that this lighting and the movements and stuff adds to it but make sure it's nuanced and not a nuisance as we always preach on here make it be the sizzle not the focus i think lighting and animation is kind of like a backdrop where it's there but your eyes should still go to the trains yep and the track and 50 feet within that but if you have little things where people can appreciate your town or campfire or, you know, the, I don't know, Larry said the roundhouse doors opening, gates opening. I like that for a smaller layout. <laughs> it just makes it bigger and nuanced. I thank you guys. Sure. And that wraps up a wonderful podcast. Like every other one, we should do a part two. There's more to talk about sure. and, and we'll bring up lighting and animation. Cause I'm sure we're all thinking about 20 ideas now. So with that, we'll uh, say good night, everybody and take care listeners. Thank you for tuning in. Oh, by the way, I'll get it in here. We do have a new Facebook group. I'll probably have Diana post this. It's called the Crossing Gate Podcast Room. So look for us on Facebook. Come join us. Post what you're doing on there. What's on the workbench. Tell us what you're doing nuanced and isn't a nuisance. And show us your animation. Show us your lighting. Yep.
1: When this pops, I'll put on a link to Jeff uh, Bunza. See if I can't get Chris Rooney to take a video of that. Uh, water tower for us and maybe we'll uh we'll get the oompa band playing in front of the uh the bar in downtown uh downtown wisconsin all,
4: so. right.
2: all right everybody good night everyone.
0: good, good night. night everyone. you've been listening to the crossing game the official podcast of the twin cities division You can find us on Facebook in our group, the Twin Cities Division of the NMRA. You can email us at tcdnmra at gmail.com. Thank you for listening, and don't forget to subscribe for future podcasts.
1: Am I the only one who doesn't
4: have military experience among you guys? probably yeah yeah huh my dad was in the air force but that doesn't really count
3: yeah when they join the military we'll let you know <laughs>